0: As fitness professionals, we are part of the culture that says young is the most important feature, and women should always strive to look more youthful. I believe part of this stems from an unrealistic beauty standards that we grew up with. Our responsibility is to cultivate an attitude of self-gratitude and to move and eat so that health is our number one priority. We don't need to look like the girl on the magazine cover. Welcome to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm Heike Yates and I'm the host of this podcast. This month has been a powerful month with interviews dedicated to women's health and wellness. The discussions you enjoyed were aimed to empower you to ditch unrealistic beauty standards and become powerful. Today's guest interview is no exception as we explore why it is essential to age powerful instead of aging gracefully. As every year, we're taking our summer break in the month of August to rest, recharge, and have some plain old fun. And I hope you do too. I also want to welcome all the new listeners to the podcast. Thank you for being here today. This will be a power-packed episode for you, and I can't wait to get into it. And I want to encourage you to subscribe wherever you consume this content. We're putting this content out to all major podcasting platforms and YouTube. So if you've not been over there at our Heike Yates YouTube channel, make sure you head over there and subscribe. And we have other content that drops exclusively on our YouTube channel. Let's jump in to today's feature content. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop. Dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best in life so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark well, welcome everybody. And I would love for you to meet our expert guest, and it's Judy Arasosa. Judy's background is in healthcare. And after raising four kids, she had a strong desire to run back, return back into a health-related profession. She's the owner of Grateful Fitness, where she helps women in midlife be consistent with healthy habits, including fitness, nutrition, and mindset. Judy is also the host of the Earhook Community Podcast.
1: Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here chatting with you. Awesome. So what does health mean, or being healthy mean to you? You know, that's a very interesting question, because if you had asked me in my 20s, 30s and 40s, I would have given you a much different answer that I'm, than what I'm going to give you today at age 61. And to me, being healthy means not only being physically fit, but it also means being well rounded enough so that trying to be physically fit and trying to eat well does not consume so much of my time that I can't do things like socialize, or be with my family, or just be spontaneous enough to go out on date night without being worried. So to me, it's an overall feeling of healthy, not, it's more balanced than tipping the scale in one direction or another.
0: Very true, very true.
1: So Judy, how did you get started in the
0: health and fitness industry? Your bio says you, your background is in healthcare. What does
1: that mean? So I went to school for respiratory care and I became a respiratory therapist. And then I continued to study as I I really did love being bedside in a hospital. And I went on to continue to teach respiratory care for a few years. And then uh, very quickly, I ended up with three children, my husband and I. And so it was number three was the tipping point where I decided that I would like to just take a pause from healthcare and and go ahead and be the main caregiver for our children. So I did that for 20 plus years. There was another child in there, four kids. And then when I went back, I knew that I still wanted to help people, but instead of being bedside in a hospital, I wanted to be more on the prophylactic end of it, more preventative lifestyle changes is what I wanted to help people with versus treating disease. So a respiratory specialist, what does that mean? What, what does that do? So a respiratory therapist, and I have been out of it now for over 30 years, by the way, but a respiratory therapist works in mostly in a hospital setting, but there are home care specialists too. But for instance, they are the people who specialize in taking care of the ventilator. So if you've got a patient in the critical care unit and they're on a ventilator, they are the, they are the technologist who specializes in that, but they also take care of all of the patients who have significant respiratory issues. So a lot of the work can be done in the intensive care unit with patients with different treatment modalities and also in places like pediatrics or medicine floors where you have people, people with chronic lung disease or post-op or the neonatal ICU you know, because those babies are often born with um respiratory insufficiency.
0: This is very interesting, especially since both of us were both uh, 61 and we have parents that are getting older. So this is a little tidbit off the topic of today, mm-hmm. but still very interesting to know that this actually exists aside from that. Yeah. When, did you start Grateful Fitness or founded Grateful Fitness? When did that, how did that all
1: happen? So Grateful Fitness happened, the idea for it happened when my youngest child could drive himself to school and I felt that my children were a little bit more independent. So I had long been reading and researching and training myself. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go out and actually get certified as a trainer and a nutrition coach. So I did that and I went around to some local gyms and I didn't see them filling the need for midlife women. And so I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to start my own business. And that's what I did. And the name Grateful Fitness came about? The name Grateful Fitness came about a number of years later. So we started out as kick it up personal training and I kept training these women and they were, they, we would often have these conversations um, one-on-one and in small group about being so grateful for the space that we had and the time that we had together and really the journey that we were on together. And so I actually switched us to the name Grateful Fitness.
0: I love that name. I really Thank do. Thank you. It is, you know, it is being grateful be, it's it's just a thankful name and, and it goes also as we age with our businesses like pursue your spark it mm-hmm. keeps growing with us it's not limited to one part of our life as we get older
1: absolutely yeah judy what do you think is the biggest challenge for women in midlife you know it's interesting i've been doing a little bit of reading and a lot of observing with both myself and others and I think one of the biggest challenges that is not really addressed is our own, our generation, not our generation, but people in our age bracket, because there's a difference there, our, our perception of body image. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of women have a, large, a hard time letting go of a younger body image. Like, you know, you want the body, when you were 30, you wanted the body you had when you were 20 right? When you were 40, you would have been happy with the body you had at 30. And so it goes. And now we get into midlife. We've been in midlife at this point, technically for 20 years already. <laughs> and <laughs> and now we really truly are seeing the effects of aging. And yes, we can be very healthy, but I think women struggle with things like gravity and cellulite and postmenopausal belly fat, you know, even on, even on healthy people. And I, I do, women struggle a lot with body image. And I think sometimes it can be to a fault.
0: Very true. And social media doesn't help with that image. And just probably like you, I hear the same thing. And it was just yesterday, a day before yesterday, one of my clients is lifting the arm up. And she says, look at those bat wings. And I'm like, but look at your bicep
1: that you have. So look at what's really there instead of what somebody says you need to lose. Right. You know, that was so nice that you turned that statement around. And that's something that we work on a lot at Grateful Fitness as well, is let's turn that around. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe you think your legs are flabby, but look what they've done for you. You know, maybe you just walked 18 holes of golf carrying your bag.
0: Very good point, because that's not what most women see. Tell, us, tell me a little bit more about your clients or some of the approaches that you f- take with that uh, idea of that the beauty industry, whether they're selling us cellulite creams or implants or whatever else they're selling us. How do we deal with this with
1: your clients and, and your approach? You know, I think it's a, a definitely a, an individual basis because I think we have to be very careful with how fragile people are and what are the stories that they are believing in their head, you know, and the first thing I try to do is not pass judgment. I mean, I have had some clients who have confided in me that they wanted certain surgeries or that they struggled with, you know, not wearing something because they don't like the way it looks. And I do try to approach it with a, but look what your body can do for you. You know, and, and for many of these women have pushed out a lot of kids and raised them, you know, but even if they haven't, you know, look what your body has done for you so far. You know, it's not how you look based on a popular body shape, you know, and body shape popularity comes and goes, as we know, you know, um, big butts are not always going to be popular. I mean, there were the very skinny, thin, twiggy women right in the sixties and in the roaring twenties. Right. And then, you know, big breasts come and go and things like that. So I try to focus with them on, let's look at what your body can do for you. And are you healthy enough without being obsessed about it?
0: Mm, Good point.
1: What is their response usually? You know, it's a work in progress. It's not like we're going to say this once and it takes.
0: Mm -hmm. That's
1: (laughs) true. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) you know that as well as I do. And even for ourselves, right? Yep. Yep. Of course
0: we, we, I mean, I compare myself to somebody my age and I'm thinking, dang, never look at her bicep curls. And I was like, well, my body is different than hers, So let's be realistic. Let's look at our DNA of where we actually come from, what our mothers look like in our family. And then, like you said, you know, look at your body shape. We all can't be curvy or big booby and buttskies or whatever. We just have the bodies that
1: we have um, and work with those. Yeah, we, would, we need to be the best version of ourselves. And one of the things that I love to address when we go down that road is that we are made unique for a reason. I mean, the world only gets one. Heike only gets one Judy. And so why would we try to look like someone else because they're attractive on social media or because very deep pocket advertising tells us that we need to look that way? You know, we we need to look like our healthiest version of ourselves. And again, without obsessing over it to a point where it actually paralyzes us from participating in other areas of our life.
0: Very good point. You know. Um, I
1: used to be years ago
0: in my 30s, I was a bodybuilder. And I thought thought about this when I was preparing for our our interview today, how restrictive my lifestyle was, how lonely my lifestyle was. Because all I did was train, sleep, eat, raise my kids, train, go to work, uh, prep food, would go to dinner parties with Tupperware to reach that weight goal. So I would show up at beautiful dinner parties with... Here's my broccoli, my chicken. This is my dinner for today. And people are like, sure, really? Look what we made. I was like, no, no, no. I'm a bodybuilder. And it consumed my life. And I know that some people that not necessarily want to be bodybuilders, but being obsessed about food and nutrition and their exercise, that like you said, they miss out on life. And I sure did miss out on life because after three years, I decided I'm
1: done. I opened a beer and I said, I'm done. (laughs) You know, I have strong empathy for you because I actually, I was on that path too. I just didn't do it till my fifties. But this, when you said you opened a beer, I have to tell you, my husband collects wine and Mm -hmm. all these shows that I prepped for, I didn't get to enjoy the wine. Now I would tell you that I would, I would have a glass of wine until I was about four weeks out about once a week, but having the flexibility to, flexibility, right? As you know, and it it was all consuming. And I really think the journey back from that to transition to whole, whole life health is actually harder than living that lifestyle. That lifestyle, you've made a decision and you're going down that path and you miss out on a lot of it, but you've decided to, but allowing yourself to become moderate is scary. Mm -hmm.
0: Because you know, and that goes for everybody listening, when you go down whatever path that you're passionately following to look a certain way is you will be so committed and so driven that like you said, Judy, you don't notice what you're missing. And then when you go back, you worry about, oh my God, I know I'll gain weight. Oh, I know my muscles will not be as defined. Oh, my boobs gonna be saggy or whatever it is that comes along with that. And there is that fear of, I will blow up or whatever happens, whatever is in people's minds when
1: you're not that disciplined or not that strict with yourself. What do you think? I think it's, it's definitely a real thing. And I think it it doesn't have to be bodybuilding. It's, you know, people who are chronic dieters go through this and it's like, I don't want to go to happy hour. Because then I'm going to want to have like the wine and then we're going to go out and eat after. And I think people are missing out on life, you know, and I I once said to myself, husband, I looked at him when I was done with this. And I said, I do not want to be thought of when I'm dead as she brought her Tupperware everywhere or, you know, you know what I'm saying? On the tombstone, the Tupperware lady. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I were selling it, that'd be one thing, but no, I was just eating out of it. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. And and it's
0: true, you know, look at yo-yo dieting or or the, the phrase, oh, I just fell off the
1: I fell off the wagon wagon again. Yeah. How many times do we hear that? You know, and I feel like again, the very savvy marketing industry preys on the insecurities of women. In fact, we, some of the time I feel like I didn't even know I was insecure until they told me like, oh, I need to worry about, you know, having a little bit of postmenopausal belly fat. By the way, take a look at, you ever watch I Love Lucy? Any old episodes? Sometimes I come across them. Yes. Take a look at them because she had a real body and she did not have a perfectly flat stomach. And I went back and looked at some of them. And not that I was looking at them for that, but I happened to notice one day and I was like, I'll be darned. When did we get so worried about that? They weren't worried about that in the sixties or the fifties. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? And I feel like we have, we have chosen to let the marketing industry, social media, advertising industry dictate how we feel about ourselves. And it's a hard thing to stand up to, to accept, no, I'm healthy. Is my body You know, is someone going to want to put me on the cover of of a magazine? No, but that's okay. You know,
0: we're going to do things. With that said, just recently, the Sports Illustrated had a seventy-four-year-old model on their cover, which I applaud. But it does it does not represent the average seventy-four-year-old woman.
1: Bingo! It does not. I thought I actually thought she looked damn good, and I'm like, I thought
0: so too. I mean, gray hair and everything and super in shape and skinny, Mm -hmm. which is what many women I talk to, they want to be skinny. There's not so much about the talk about health. And it's like you, you push that
1: rock forward. But I thought, damn, she looks great, but she is not your average woman. No, she does not represent what you think of. But, you know, on the other hand, There is no average, I don't think. I I do think with the baby boomers coming of age and the Gen X right behind us, that the face of people in their 60s and 70s is a lot more varied than what it has been in generations before. That's a good observation. I didn't think about that. True. Yeah. There's no iconic 65-year-old woman like there may have been 30 years ago. Yeah.
0: That's very true. Very true. So well, how do you feel about when somebody says, hey, Judy, you look good for your age?
1: You know, <laughs> I, what I feel and what I say may not always be the same because sometimes I'll just say thank you because I don't want to appear snobby or ungrateful or whatever. But I think to myself, and actually this happened to me yesterday, I think to myself, well, thank you very much. But I like to think that I like, look good for any age, but it's not that I look good. It's that I feel healthy. Bingo. Amen. Absolutely. No. Yeah. it's it should, Don't judge the book by its
0: cover. So as we're looking at people that are not that ideal body, that are not that skinny look, and you're saying, ooh, huh, she should be losing maybe a little bit of weight to be looking good. And it's like, or somebody... And not looking at that person from a perspective of, wow, look, she can actually run a whole marathon.
1: I can't do that. Right. And that's so funny because I've only run two half marathons in my life um, because I wanted to see if I could. And I was impressed with the number of people in the different varied shapes and sizes crossing the finish line. Well, first of all, I was impressed with the number of people lining up, but I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a great thing right there to to see, you know, perform, they're performing, they have just taken their body, you know, either 13 or 26 miles, whatever. And, you know, they may not look like they could be long on the a cover of a magazine either. But look what they just did. Yep, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And when you think about that, like you said,
0: there's so many ages, sizes and shapes that have worked. I mean, a half marathon is 13.1 miles that's not just a chunk of change right around the corner this yes. is this is a good distance and you have to train for that some people do go out and say Pff, and then they hurt really badly afterwards but that's their <laughs> that's their yeah. choice but mm-hmm. all these people that go to the starting line of some race have practiced trained ate well uh, changed change their workouts done something to be at that what I like to think of athletic level. Yeah. Yeah. And as we think age, we oftentimes, just ties in with at least to me for, Oh, you look good for your age. I think we should age gracefully. What the heck is
1: gracefully aging Judy? I don't know what that means. I actually had a client say that to me. She wanted to age gracefully. And I, I don't know how to interpret that. I would in I want to age with power. I want to age. If anyone cares, you know, my philosophy on this is like today I walked 18 holes of golf. I carried my bag, you know, all right. I will tell you my, my hand, eye coordination, my, my short game skills are not great, but I can hit that ball. And maybe if I practiced a little more, I'd be a better putter is what I'm trying to say. But I could walk that golf course and hit that ball as well as anyone. And that to me, and yesterday I played tennis, you know, with a various age groups. And it was just out there, you know, aging powerfully. You're not limited. If you have grandchildren, you can get up off the floor holding them, right? If you want to go kayaking or whatever it is, hiking, walking in the city because you love to walk in the city and doing it for 50 city blocks, that's aging powerfully. There you go. I agree. You have grandkids, do you? I do. Yeah. How many? Five. Five grandkids. All Boy, under I... the age of three. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just saw a picture of you with, with one of your grandkids on Instagram, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so adorable. I just became a grandma four months ago. So I'm still working on that part of, of, of aging. But you're absolutely okay. right. You know what? what is powerful is that we can be stronger, even stronger than when we were younger. And that was a client of mine this week who complained, or she has a a skin condition that makes her skin very, very soft and her bones very soft. So no matter how much she strength trains in just Pilates, unless she flexes a muscle, she is soft as a pillow. And she says, look at me and there's nothing she can do this 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 condition will progress as she gets older so there's it's get worse but she planks like a champion she is doing all kinds of household chores by herself she can't run anymore so she's walking and she does zumba and all kinds of strength training classes and she comes to pilates and i said look at you how strong you are And she's like, yeah, you know, my husband's not doing so well. So I'm doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And I was like, look, who cares if you have pillow arms? Yeah. Look, look what those arms can do. Look what you can do. I mean, you, like I said, and she has scoliosis on top of that. I'm like, girl, you're just rocking it. Look at the powerfulness that you have that does your body does not show. And I think that is a really good way to encourage our clients and our listeners here today to think, change your train of thought around the beauty standards, around the gracefulness. Like, I don't know what graceful is either. You know, graceful to me means I just sit there and look pretty. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, so do vases and flowers, but we're not vases of flowers, right? (laughs) Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Now, as we're all
0: fighting against this stigmatism of aging, Uh, what can we do to cultivate sustainable, healthy goals as we move forward to be that powerful, Judy, in your opinion? What what would you
1: say? I think, you know, it's, I always go back to a little trifold approach. You know, you have to, of course, physically keep moving and find what you love and do it. You know, find what you love that stimulates your muscles and stimulates your cardiovascular system and keeps you mobile and do that. You know, and I always say, find your tribe, you know, don't, don't do it by yourself because you find wherever it is and whatever you identify with, you're more likely to stick with it if you have a tribe. You know, and, and I do like to say eat healthy, but don't have so many rules. You know, mm-hmm. like, like we've had so many rules in, in the past when we had strict goals you know, just have enough rules to keep you healthy, right? Because the more you forbid yourself of something, the more you draw a bright line, the more you're going to want to cross it. Mm -hmm. And so I actually try not to draw those lines in the sand, you know, and to give, this is where I practice grace, be great, give yourself grace. If you miss one workout, or if you go to that dinner party and you sample all the food, right? You Mm -hmm. know, So that's the second part of the trial and triangle. And the third one is to just have a healthy mindset. You need to know that you're worthy regardless of what you look like on the outside. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And even though most of media faces women's worth, a lot of women's worth and respect comes on beauty and looking a certain way when really it's not that we know that true beauty comes from the inside it's Mm -hmm. what comes out of your mouth you know and and how are you making the world a better place
0: very true because you you said uh, or I read that one of your favorite things to say is we can always do the next right thing elaborate
1: on that that yes okay so that was taught to me by my sister so I'll give you a tiny background only because I'm so proud of her. She was, she's, we're just two years apart. We pretty much kind of had the same body build. She's actually more petite than I am. And I'm petite. Like, anyways, she was always curvy as a kid. And as she got older and older, she became more and more obese until at age 50, she was really double what she needed to be for a healthy body weight. And it's not for lack of trying. And she had that that whole diet mentality and had tried and tried and tried. And finally, there was an approach for her that worked. And as she has continued on this journey, she has lost half of her body weight. And now at this point, she's maintained it going on 12 years. And there were times where she had to drastically change her habits. But it was way too hard to see the big picture. And sometimes she said to me, I often have to say to myself, I just need to know what the next right thing to do is. And I use that example a lot with people. And so I don't take credit for it. I give her credit for it, but it has served her so well. And she has, she was not a healthy person and she is a healthy person now. And that's what, that's what counts. Yeah. So the, the next right
0: thing is never a punishment or in in the form of
1: restricting your diet or punishing for hours and hours of cardio. Exactly. No, the next right thing would be whatever you were going to do. There's no penance in health and nutrition and mindset. Right. And that's that's the other thing that I believe marketing, because they talk about, well, you can eat this guilt free. Like guilt is a big part of the health and beauty industry. And we need to just get rid of that, you know, but they're they're teaching us, like if you buy our product, you can eat it guilt free. Whereas if you decide to eat whatever else, then you should be guilty. Right. And we're not about that. Mm -hmm.
0: Very good point. Same thing with zero calorie.
1: Oh, please. Right. Well, oh, what is that? You know what I call that? Mm, can I swear? Sure. I call it a chemical shitstorm. <laughs> good way to phrase it. <laughs> if something is zero calories and they have gone through some lab to make it taste good. What is it? Is it even food at this point? Yeah. Or, or kind of drink or what, what other
0: chemicals? What are- is it? Yeah. Yep. yep. And that's a good point. How we've been manipulated, we continue to be manipulated because they're doing all these studies on people and saying what works the best. And with I, that's why I liked your phrase. We can always do the next right thing. That's that's such a wholesome way to approach this whole thing because nobody is perfect. We don't want to be perfect. I don't want anybody to be perfect. And you know, to tie in with that, Judy, I used to work with a client that would literally come on in every weekend or after the weekend and she's like I so said how did it go how was your weekend and she's like I've been bad this weekend I was like okay w- w- what does that mean I said you're good you're bad well I didn't do all the exercises you told me I was like okay you made a choice it's neither good nor bad yeah but I have this goal and I'm like well then you you know, start again this week, you just keep going, and every every now and then something will stick with you, and you will like it or not, and we do something else. But it's this I've been good and I've been bad. It's I think ties in with that same um, yeah. zero calories with with a guilt-free
1: eating. yeah, it's you're right, and when did all of this become moral? You know, these are not morals. Food is not morally good or bad, and neither is a number on the scale.
0: <laughs> Very true. So when you think, and you touched on this a little bit about gratitude, how do we cultivate self-gratitude, Judy?
1: Well, I think there's a number of ways to do it. And the first thing I would tell people is the way that you're going to practice it the most consistently is the way that it will work for you. I used to tell everyone a gratitude journal is where it's at, but I have people that say to me, before I close my eyes at night, I am closing my eyes as I talk to you, I I just lay my head down and I think about what I'm grateful for that day. Or some people do it when they wake up. Some people do it before a meal. Some people like to write it down. So I think however you can get your mind to cultivate the habit of practicing gratitude and getting grateful, that's what's going to work for you. And you know what? For some people, it might take a few different tries, you know? Maybe even people who, I do like to write it. Some people do notes in their phone. I'm a pencil and paper and it can't be a pen. It has to be a pencil. I don't know why. I think I just, I like the smell of the lead and the feel of the paper. And it just kind of slows me down and sit and do it. Mm-hmm. But that's not for everyone.
0: Yeah. You know, we've developed a grateful practice between my husband and I. So guys, this, nobody has ever heard this before. So if you've been on the podcast for a while, I've never talked about this one, but we never talked about gratitude that way either. My husband and I, before we go to sleep, we cuddle up and we're like giving each other a hug and cuddle into, you know, like the sideline pose. And then we tell each other what we're thankful for and what we're thankful for in the other person. And my husband said the other night, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, for what? He's like, I don't know. Just everything. This was a really good day and i just you know it's, it's just just our little good night routine or he says thank you for a really good dinner or whatever it is and so we tell each other how grateful we are for what we may have not not done that day but we created a positive environment or try to for the other person
1: isn't so that's that amazing our, yeah that's our little I secret think it, it's really sweet you know, so. and I love that there's the, that that is something you do together, you know, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because I think that's really important for couples therapy for just getting, you know, getting in tune with your mate. And for some people, they really like to be appreciated. I know my husband loves to be appreciated for little things and he doesn't do it because he wants to be thanked for it. But it does really make him so happy when I thank him for vacuuming. He will vacuum and do laundry. I am very blessed as a woman. He, because he just likes law and order and he's all about teamwork. But he, I noticed that when he gets thanked, oh my gosh, he just, it, it's, and it just grows, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think
0: in that sense, I have over the years now, I have, Try to say much more than before in the in previous years to say please and thank you. It's like when I work with my clients online, I say, "Can you please get the ball?" or "Thank you, this was a really good move you did," and it changes the whole dynamic. That that's like thank you for making this a great roll-up, and that's my way of expressing gratitude through the online world that we're both are very active in.
1: Yeah, that's sweet. It, one thing I ask my clients to do is to thank themselves for showing up. Yes. And I ask, I thank them as you do. I will thank them at the end of the class. I said, I want to thank you for being part of our session today.
0: And it changes the whole feeling, the conversation, the,
1: the whole vibe. Don't you think? It really does. Yeah. And you can change that on a dime. Someone can come in feeling sour. And, and even just in our breathing in the beginning, sometimes if I kind of try to get a feel for the room in the beginning, cause I'm online and in person and sometimes both at the same time. So I try to get a little feel and I'm, I'll be like, you know, we're about to get started here as we start our breathing and get going. Thank yourself for showing up today and just doing this because sometimes it's hard just to walk in the door yeah. Yeah. or turn on the zoom, right? <laughs> That's true, because Zoom sometimes doesn't love us, or the link gets
0: lost, or God knows
1: what. <laughs> yes, sometimes I say there's Zoom gremlins. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so you say, or t-
0: tell your um, people, their, your community, to find their glimmers.
1: What are the glimmers, Judy? You know, that is so interesting. So, a client of mine read about glimmers in an article and she came to me and she said, I think you would like this article. I think you would like to do the research on it and it would be a great topic for a podcast. And so I thought, all right, well, let me put that on the list, right. As we were talking about before, but it's interesting. So glimmers I did by the way, because it it intrigued me. I'm like, well, she thought enough of it to bring it up to me. Then I, I, you know, I want to respect her. Her thoughts. And so I was so glad she did because glimmers are kind of in one way you can think of them as the opposite of a trigger. So a trigger triggers you into some kind of a negative either emotion or action or situation. But a glimmer is an unexpected happening event, something, an unexpected, I'm going to say, situation or happening that gives you profound joy when you didn't expect for it to happen and you can actually look for them in your life one of the big a very common glimmer that you could kind of look for is if you're in the company of other people even on the street whatever is a smile you unexpectedly just smile at someone sometimes that can make an entire difference in their day maybe they're thinking that you know they just got frustrated with their boss and they were running out to grab lunch and you just smiled at them, you may have just changed the whole trajectory of their day. You know, I find music sometimes, and this happened to me yesterday. My granddaughter was upset. My daughter was here working. So this week I have been taking care of my grandchildren while the parents work um, because I can teach at the bookends of the day, very early and very late. So the middle of the day, I've been taking care of the kids. And Estelle was very upset because mommy was still working. And I, I just scooped her up and I said, let's go sit in Juju's chair and we'll put some music on. And we just sat there listening to music. And she was like, she looked up and she said, I'm so much better now. And I can't even explain the joy that I had that this child was now like, okay. I mean, she was so upset and she's just like, Juju, I'm all better now. And to me, that was a glimmer because I was just, I had so much joy in knowing that she was better.
0: I love that. That's a great story to share. Thank you. So what would you tell our listeners in closing of what they can do to age powerful instead of gracefully?
1: You know, I would say, think about what you're doing to keep yourself into a well-rounded, healthy situation. So I don't, don't go overboard on too much exercise or too little. Don't punish yourself. Again, always you can do the next right thing. The same with eating well, eat well, but don't eat well to a fault, right? Because it's like tipping the scale. If you've got deprivation at one end, at the other end is going to be binging. And if you go too heavy on one end or the other, you're always going to be out of balance. But if you try to keep it Course, I'm talking with my hands and we're on audio only. But if you try to keep those in balance, where maybe one day you eat a little bit more and a little bit less, then and I like to actually think about it as deprivation and guilt, right? Mm-hmm. Try to keep them in check where it's just small oscillations and work on your own worthiness. Good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely.
0: So, Judy, how can
1: our listeners reach out and connect with you? So on any social media platform, I am at Judy Arizosa, J-U-D-Y-A-R-A-Z-O-Z-A, but I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. Um, that's it. You could follow my, look at me on my website, which you could get to at JudyArazoza.com. You can also get to it at GratefulFitnessNY.com. Nice. So like you said, we're putting all those links in the show notes. So nobody
0: needs to pull over and get frantic or press a stop button. Just keep listening and then read through the show notes and you can find us all on social media. Judy, this was a fantastic
1: topic today. Thank you for sharing all your knowledge with us and your input on this. You know, it's been really fun chatting with you. And I feel like It's kind of like a renewal. So I want to thank you for inviting me on because I love to talk about this stuff. And I think it's just, it almost, I get as much personal growth out of it as I give, you know? And I think when you give to others, you get back even more in return. True. Yes, absolutely. So listeners, listen closely.
0: You know where to reach us on social media. You just got Judy's links. And you know, my links are Heike Yates pretty much everywhere. And Facebook is Heike Yates. Pursue your spark. And I always encourage you to reach out to us. Don't just listen to our episodes and say, wow, this was great. I really love what they were talking about. We want to hear from you comment on the posts. Once the episode goes live, reach out to us, have a conversation with us, ask for help, ask for support, give us whatever you thought you wanted to share with us. And we would love having this conversation with you because it's not just a conversation between Judy and I it's amongst all of us. And the more we support each other in this journey to age powerful the better we get at it and the more support we can give each other as we grow stronger. So with that, my friends, we are out of here. We'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao!